It's 2.05 somewhere. Well, it's 2.05 here, as a matter of fact, in Las Vegas. And that means it's time for the What's Right show with Sam and Ash. I'm Sam. I'm Ash. There's Ash. Perfect. And we are live and local, as always, this time of day, uh, talking about issues relevant to the Valley and beyond. Um, And if you you have anything you want to say on air, uh, feel free to call in to the show, 800 245 2100. Again, we take calls. So if you have something to say and you think you want to be on air, call us at 800 245 2100. So we have, there was a memo that went out from the Department of Justice, from the Attorney General, that is interesting. I feel like almost they're talking about us here in Las Vegas. So we're going to get to that in one second. Before we do, Ash, I love the fact today that we went to lunch, you, me, and Rocky your uh your dog and i was able to go to the kitchen and ask for some uh chicken for him and they they were really nice about it you know they were not um it was not the um the awkward conversation i thought it would be um i i need a little bit of chicken they looked at me blankly i said well no it's for my my law partner's dog and (laughs) and, uh he's outside and he's uh Wearing a bow tie. Wearing a bow tie, looking uh, very hungry because you didn't feed him any breakfast. So I. Well, because I knew you'd feed him at lunch. There we go. So it all worked out. It was perfect. Um, FBI memo. This is incredible. Now, I don't know if you are a parent. I'm a parent. I have three kids. They are all in a local private school here in Las Vegas. I am very fortunate to be able to opt out of the Clark County School District, I think. Uh, and I say that because I know there have been a number of contentious school board meetings in town where parents have been upset. They've been upset about things like, for example, critical race theory being taught in classrooms. They've been upset about mandatory vaccines. They've been upset about other things. And there is a memo that came out on Ashley's birthday of all days, so uh, <laughs> just uh, two days ago. And this is from the attorney general. Now, whenever memos – It's just the way it works. Whenever a memorandum goes out from the attorney general, it becomes a guiding document for the Justice Department. Now, the Justice Department doesn't just prosecute crime on a federal level, right? It also investigates crime because the FBI is directly responsible to the attorney general. So in this memorandum that came out on the 4th of October, Merrick Garland, the attorney general of the United States… Uh, said that basically – well, he basically directed the FBI to investigate and devote resources to protecting teachers, school administrators, board members, and staff from harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence uh, that might be perpetrated by the public at large. Now – the problem with this is, of course, is that these uh, this harassment and intimidation is is really a lot of angry and upset parents at the way their kids are being taken care of, and it's uh, of course not very settling to a lot of people. And it and it directly relates to us here because a number of parents have expressed their displeasure with Clark County Schools, um, and 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 again with the curriculum 
with with the way COVID has been handled. Uh, remember going back a year when we were had kids out of school. My kid's school was in-person, in-class education. And at the same exact time, Clark County schools that we all contribute to and pay tax dollars to uh, were not in, in school, in class. We're doing remote learning. And, of course, uh, something that I think disproportionately affected people, uh, families who had lower incomes, who did not have internet at home, who had both parents you know, out in the, in the workforce and unable to supplement, tutor, and assist their kids learning online, which I know is a, a royal pain in the rear end. So, Ashley, what do you make of this memo? Well, the memo, first of all, the memo, I think, comes in re- response to a letter that was sent by the National School Board Association, right? And they sent the letter basically to the president saying there's this giant problem of threats of violence toward our school board members, and they were seeking the help of the federal government. They allege a lot of things of violence and instances of threats, but there was no actual detailed instance in that letter. And that's what I also noticed here from the Office of the Attorney General memo. There's no actual instance of threats on a school board member or anything like that. So I'm going, this is all really just a a, a sham trying to avoid democratic debate that's getting heated. I, I don't know. I saw a lot of these school boards, right? Some of them went viral meetings where parents were very articulate and were very... Mm, how would I say it? They were impassioned. I, I didn't see any, I don't know, I didn't see any threats of violence. I saw threats against school board members politically. Right. I saw and heard parents say, we will meet in November. We will see to it that you get unseated. I think some of these school board members perhaps a little thin-skinned when it comes to being removed from office and i understand that of course because they feel entitled to their positions and feel that they are the the know-it-all uh supreme powers that be but but this part that really it's really upsetting and i will say this as an attorney we look at this ash and i we look at this and we go look we're essentially calling on the fbi federal law enforcement agency to uh, stifle debate and open you know open discussion and a challenge to our elected officials uh, this is this is constitutionally problematic is it not yeah absolutely i mean here in america we pride ourselves on our freedoms and most importantly it's our freedom of speech our freedom of press etc cetera, etc cetera. and here this is actually it sounds like nothing more than a a thinly veiled attempt to truly stop free speech free discourse free debate and yes debate will get heated debate will get tense like there will be tense moments in these um these school board meetings, but that doesn't mean that it rises to a level of shutting it down entirely. I mean, we know that for for you to shut down speech because of it's a threat of violence or a threat, it has to be a true threat of violence, meaning that there's a threat directed at a person, a group of persons that actually is the intent of bodily harm or death. And that's not what's happening here. Specificity is yes. the key. And, and so this is, by the way, you know, it's so funny. 
if you call the police from your home uh, and you say that – and by the way, this is a, a very real problem, unfortunately. You have a, an ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend or some you know, domestic dispute or you know, a, a crazy relative, and they say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess you up. Maybe they don't use you know, those exact words. They, they use harsher language, but they say, We're gonna mess, I'm going to mess you up. If you call the police with that, do you know what's going to happen? Well, they're gonna, they're gonna they're gonna say, well, when when and when and how? When and how? Now, if somebody calls you up and says, "I have a gun, I'm coming to your house, and I will, you know, I'm gonna put a bullet in you," that's different, and and that is exactly what Ashley is saying here. And then I would say there's another effect of this is it sounds to me when I read this, it just sounds like a threat to silence people. It sounds like an effort to intimidate these parents that have these strong voiced opinions regarding their children. Rightly so. I, as a parent, you should have a, a voice in how your children are being taught, how what they're being taught, and they need that, the, the ability to challenge those policies that are going to place. And here, this memo is an effort to intimidate these people and that's also unconstitutional our constitution and our court has shut down situations where it has been found to chill speech or chill positions or has a chilling effect on its citizens so when we come back we're going to talk about this a little bit further also some other commentary related to this we think this is a a pressing issue for all of us here and obviously as lawyers we have a a take on it so we'll, we'll give that civil libertarian perspective when we come back after the break, don't go anywhere. This is What's Right with Sam and Ash on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Make your mornings right. Glenn Beck at 6, Vegas at 8 with Alan Stock and Dana at 9. Breaking news, thought starters, and opinions for Southern Nevada. News Talk 840 KXNT. Stay connected. And this is the What's Right Show with Sam and Ash, broadcasting live from beautiful, sunny Las Vegas. This is uh, AM840, KXNT. Um, I paused just because I got, Ash, I got this email from my uncle just now. It came through on the computer, and uh, he bless his heart, he's retired, and he's up in Canada. And all he does is go out and hike and take photographs of birds. Uh, he's a retired professor. Anything great? I mean, the, some of the birds are kind of kind of good looking, uh, you know, as far as birds go. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, but they're very, very long uh, epistolic letters. I would describe them as such. And um, and he writes, he writes really nice, but then he always adds beautiful photos. Oh no, wait, I've got also a porcupine. Looks like. So anyway, this is why I live in Vegas. Uh, I am more into... You've got to take a photo of a scorpion and send it back. Yeah, just be like, look at this. Check this out. The desert wildlife. Um, I'll take a picture of my two dogs running around my backyard um, as captured in Las Vegas. We are talking about this... I, look, I'm just going to call it what it is. It's outrageous memo from the Office of the Attorney General, October the 4th. This was Ashley's birthday gift this week. You're welcome, America. <laughs> Merrick Garland uh, putting out this. Uh, oh, wait, I love the subject line. Can I just mention this? Yeah. Partnership among federal, state, local, 
And let us not forget tribal and territorial law enforcement. I added the let I added the let not for not forget. Okay, so territorial law enforcement to address threats against school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff. I've got questions. Do you think there was any type of law enforcement agency that was left off? Couldn't they have just said to all law enforcement agencies? This is this is look. This is um, is this an effort to be inclusive. <laughs> Uh, if you don't be, say it, they don't count. To be compassionate. You know, I think the tribes usually feel left out. The territorial law enforcement like, wait, what about us? Um, so that's, um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I think I think it's, um, it's interesting. Uh, I think this is interesting. So at any rate, I'm reading this memo, and I see this as an effort to do exactly – what it's trying to or what it purports to prevent, because in the very first line of said memorandum, Attorney General Garland writes, in recent months, there's been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation and threats of violence against school administrators, board members, teachers and staff who participate in the vital work of running our nation's public schools. Let me translate this for you. Let me put this through the BS meter, right? We have a lot of administrators who don't like being called out for their nonsense. We have a lot of administrators who do not like to be called out for making big decisions like uh, changing curriculum, including a – well, let's see here in Clark County. Let's talk about this. Back in – when was this? My stack of stuff here last week. I believe there was a reaction where the CCSD sent a statement supporting its use of adopting a curriculum based on critical race theory. And here is what the executive director wrote. While the arc of history may bend toward justice, the unfolding story of social change is often a series of fits and starts, a steady volley of progress and pushback, blah, blah, blah. And then going on to explain why they are going and teaching our kids a bunch of repackaged Marxism. Now, we're going to get into the issue of critical race theory a little bit later this week and possibly next week. We will have a couple of interesting guests on to explain this because I think a lot of people – a lot of us don't know exactly what this is and what they're teaching the kids. And you've got to understand what is in these textbooks because some of this stuff is wild. Um, but getting at this, uh, getting at this, um, th- this, this issue here with this memorandum. So you got a lot of angry parents coming in and yelling at school boards, and now the FBI is being summoned to put them in their place. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of, I look, there was one line in this memo that I just kind of blew, I, I lost my mind at when it said threats against public servants are not only illegal, they run counter to our nation's core values. We just spoke about this earlier and yesterday about um, uh, cinema who was being followed into the bathroom by protesters who were technically trespassing on ASU's campus. And they are not, there's no pushback on that. She was also encountered while on a flight on her personal time. There was no pushback there. So this really, it doesn't seem like a fair and balanced attack on this type of discourse. This is such total, utter nonsense. 
For four years, Ash, we watched the media, the public, pundits going out there and attacking members of the Trump administration. And we were told that every turn that it, that it was acceptable because why? Because it was principled, because this was something that we had to do as a country to be, I don't know, transparent. And we had to be – we hold our leaders accountable and all this stuff. And now Biden is mobilizing the FBI to protect school board administrators from blowback from angry parents who've had their kids at home for a year and a half and then are being taught a bunch of Marxist gobbledygook. It's just insane. Yeah, I mean this is this is what parents have to do. They have an they have the right to have an opinion for what's best for their child and right now the federal government through the power of our White House is actually just kind of it's taking it too far and it's so anti-American. This isn't what our country is about. And so it's very concerning because this is a slippery slope. If we, And that's why I think we're talking about it today, because we know this is what we do here. We talk about what's right, what's wrong. And right now, this is what's wrong with America. We can't handle heated debate when it leans one way or the other. And we need to learn to get comfortable with peaceful, respectful discourse. I don't, this isn't me condoning violence or threats of violence on school board members. It's not me condoning any type of demonstration or refusal to wear a mask in one of these things. This is me making sure that people, parents, have the ability to voice their disapproval of policies when it affects themselves or their children. And that's what's at issue here is right now, the government through this AG memo and directive to the FBI and all the other local law law enforcement agencies, they're trying to chill this. They're trying to prevent parents from feeling willing to go in and address these issues that are very important today. It's not right, uh, plain and simple. Uh, And I think, by the way, I think it'll invite a tremendous amount of legal challenge. What do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we talked about it earlier in the first segment. This is one, it's a situation that is unconstitutional in the sense that it is going to have a chilling effect on these parents. It's by by the virtue of what it's intended to accomplish, it is trying to prevent parents from going to these school board meetings, from voicing their disapproval and dissenting opinions. And as a result, uh, that's chilling freedom of speech. And that's, uh, that's anti-American, it's unconstitutional, it violates everything we stand for. So you're listening to AMA 40 KXNT. This is the What's Right show with Sam and Ash talking about the Biden administration memorandum to the FBI uh, instructing law enforcement agencies to work together to protect schools, I guess, administrators, teachers, and others from angry parents. Um, they're putting in the, the, the threat of violence, right? They're saying the threat of violence, but um, – it's interesting to me that um, that this has really caught the attention. I remember I saw this memo. Didn't I tell you about it literally the day it happened? Yep. Um, and I and I and I saw this memo and I just thought, oh my gosh, this is terrible. And I said we got to talk about it. We had other things to go over on the show. Now, even Pierce Morgan from across the pond has uh, put out a, a op-ed piece in the Daily Mail. Biden's attempt to criminalize parents is a shameful attempt to silence dissent. Uh, this is absolutely um, – it's funny. It's, it's really catching fire. 
And yeah, I mean, generally when I hear Pierce Morgan has stepped into the, the arena of debate or opinion on things, I, I kind of cringe. I don't know. What's your reaction, Sam? I agree with him half the time and half the time I don't. Uh, but I know he always has an opinion, which uh, is probably why I keep tuning in and reading his, his stuff. Um, but I also know he's – I think he's spot on on this. Uh, he, he writes uh, about the importance of education, importance of children, and that it's the parents' responsibility, duty to fight for their kids and what they think is right. And, and, and to override that job of a parent is just very totalitarian and, and very un-American. And, 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 uh, and so I, I do agree with him on that. Yeah, I agree. And one of the points he makes that I actually, I'm with you, I read this with kind of skepticism, thinking it wasn't going, I wasn't going to agree with it. But I did. He said, there's an absolute difference between violence and threats of violence versus parents having um, and expressing robust, even furious concern about a school's policy and procedures and curriculum. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, we're going to follow this and see how it develops. Expect a lot of legal pushback on this story, but I think it will affect us here, and we're going to see the local FBI office in Las Vegas monitoring what is going on in, uh, in school board meetings, and that is not a good thing. So when we come back – oh, I want to mention the story. Oh, this is so good. There's a California lawsuit against a psychic. That's right. A California, California guy is suing his psychic – we got to get into this when we come back. Tune in, stay tuned, all that good stuff. What's right with Sam and Ash? Back after this. Well, yes, welcome back to News Talk AM 840 KXNT. What's right with Sam and Ash? Weekdays at 2 p.m. Two to three, as a matter of fact. So here we are, bottom of the hour, and uh, let's do this. Now, there is a – oh, my gosh. There's a fantastic story out of California that just um, that I know. caught my eye. California man challenging Florida man for his title. Uh, the California man might win with this one, Ash. <laughs> uh, the California man is suing a Los Angeles psychic. Uh, he paid, claiming fraud – uh, because she falsely claimed, according to him, that she could remove a witch's curse put on him by his ex-girlfriend for $5,100. Ashley, would you pay someone $5,100 to remove a witch's curse? I actually thought 5100 was totally reasonable. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, no, it's I actually it's actually it's a fascinating story. Apparently this guy, he goes online and finds this woman, this psychic who billed herself as a PhD life coach and psychic love coach. So he goes to her and she gives him a tarot reading. And then she tells him that he has bad luck or mala suerte. And it was put there by his ex-girlfriend. Um, and then that's what, and then she uses that. She goes, look, you've got this bad luck that your ex-girlfriend put on you. And the only way you can get rid of it, otherwise your family would be unhappy and in danger is if you pay me $5,100 to remove the curse. It's like, that is a great salesperson. Uh, 
this I'm just surprised that this story didn't happen in Vegas, honestly. Um, except <laughs> I, I, I'm actually not surprised also that it that it happened in L.A. One thousand dollar deposit uh, is what he ended up paying in cash. And surprisingly, it quote did not in any way help his marriage. <sighs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, but the other fascinating thing is he's claiming $25,000 in damages. And look, we're lawyers. We deal with this all the time. We represent injured people, plaintiffs, day in and day out. It's what we do. It's what we love to do. And we always get the ambulance chaser, the people that think they know the McDonald's coffee case is just a sham, and this is the reason insurance rates are so high, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you no, she makes, she makes us look good. Right. right? I mean, and, But this is one of those things where I agree. $25,000 in damages when he says he, quote, suffered anxiety and sleepless nights after this, this is, uh, this is bogus. This is what makes our job so hard. Here's what I want to know. When when the trial is beginning, what kind of strategy does the psychic's lawyer use? Hypnosis. You know, you got to <laughs> no, get a witness up no, there that can hypnotize no, 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 the jury. I, okay, sure. But I'm but what I'm asking is, what's the argument? Is the argument? Look, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, all of this is nonsense. And the fact, it, look, it, this is all just bogus and the any reasonable person would would know that this is there's no guarantee no guarantees of an outcome in a, in a situation that's that's i don't know, a, 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 an, an imaginative figment of 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 just of nothingness well you're saying that's the defense's argument yeah yeah i mean i I agree with you. That's the best argument. This is a total sham. This guy's having bad luck. We all have bad luck. Do you have bad luck? Well, I've got bad luck. You know, some weeks are harder than others. Some months are harder than others. And then to get suckered into this psychic thing where there's no proven results, there's no guarantee. This is, I'm with you. It's a sham. It's, it's sad. I feel bad for the guy that he got duped. But this is one of many situations where people are desperate for a solution and they often seek the wrong advice or the wrong solution. Well, I'm just picturing myself on the jury and I've got the, uh, you are know, you hoping for jury duty oh now? Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I, oh, look, well, you, I never, I never lived in LA. Uh, but if, if I was an LA County resident right now and I got this, I got picked to be on this jury and on one hand is some poor sap who paid thousand dollars to have a curse removed on the other hand is, is is a woman wearing silk you know with a crystal ball in front of her i i i mean this would be incredible material for for years to come at cocktail parties i'm just saying it would be fantastic i know my parents are actually residents of la county the county's large enough and they're not controversial so i can disclose that but i think and my mom truly loves jury duty because you know she's at that phase of life where this is real life uh, law and order. So I hope she gets on this case and she can report back and tell us all the juicy details and what the defendant was wearing. And also, did you see who he named in this lawsuit? No. He named her, the psychic, her husband, her daughter, her landlords for the business, arguing that they all knew she was using this psychic position to take advantage of clients, but did nothing to stop her. Mm. Do you know how I figured out that maybe psychics aren't all they're cracked up to be? Have I ever told you a story? 
a Ouija board. No, no you haven't told no, me. No, Tell no, me. No, no, I was I was in uh, on the Santa Barbara Pier. We used to go all the time as, when I when I was little, and 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 my parents would take us, and we'd we were on the Santa Barbara Pier right after the fire. They had a big fire on the pier. This was years ago, and um, not many businesses burned uh except for madame rasinka that was her name uh the psychic reader that had been forever on the pier and i just thought you know she would have known she would have known <laughs> she no it, it, it literally it, str- it just struck her business and and, and no one else's and i thought this this is a scam or and, maybe maybe she started it <laughs> that's well, an maybe angle. somebody sued her Right, somebody sued her. And, yeah, and, and, I always remember growing up. There was always the commercials, the tele, the phone-in commercials where you can talk to a psychic. And oh, I'm forgetting what her name was, but it was fabulous. The psychic Friends Network. Is that it? I yeah, don't know. Absolutely, and I forget the. It was the uh, the singer that was uh, that was the the face of it, but it was the Psychic Friends Network, and you could pay a lot of money in uh, in 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 paid you know paid calls to some to, offshore account yeah to some <laughs> and i thought this now this is a business so i decided to go into law instead yeah i mean hey it's better i think i don't know no doubt there's another there's another story ash that um, might be a little bit more sincere and one that i i think is uh, it's encouraging that there's some decency we have a an incredible rash of you know hit and run cases here in Las Vegas, and I bring this up because you know for, first of all, look if you are if you are out there driving in Las Vegas, you're walking most importantly in Las Vegas. Keep your head on a swivel on a swivel because you have to absolutely must. Be aware of everything going on around you. I have seen our office is on Charleston and, and Casino Center, and right where it is, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, that intersection, the light turns red, cars just keep going through the red light. And I've seen, and I know because I cross the street myself, I've been in the crosswalk when cars just fly right through. You have to pay attention. You cannot assume anything. So at any rate, there was an accident recently where a gentleman – uh, a guy had hit somebody, killed them, and proceeded to go home. And in this story, uh, the, the, by the way, then unfortunately this happens a lot because a lot of times people are dri- driving drunk, they're driving without a license, without insurance. They're they're fearful that they're going to get caught, and they're just basically horrible people. So they they leave the scene of an accident. Don't ever do that. But this guy went home, and his mom convinced him to turn himself in. His mom convinced him to turn himself in, which he did. Of course, was promptly arrested, as he should be, and now will face the music for what he did. Ash, what do you think? Yeah, I read this story, and like you said, we have so many fatal vehicle accidents and pedestrian accidents in the Valley, and it's sad. And this, and we do hear about these hit and runs. And this is, it's one of those instances where it reminds you there's still really, there are good people out there that understand taking responsibility for your actions and facing the music. And, you know, this guy, he said he, he left, he panicked, and he went to see his daughter one last time because he presumed he would be arrested but then his mom convinced him to do the right thing and do what's right and go back. And she actually drove him back to, and that's the, cause she said it was the right thing to do. 
And here, you know, that's an instance where the parents are forcing their child to face the music. And we just talked about yesterday the Brian Laundry, Gabby Petito case, where the parents are just sitting there, mum, lawyered up, and not doing anything to help find their son who's missing or find solutions to and answers to the, the, the loss of Gabby Petito, his fiance or girlfriend at the time. So it's a very different perspective on how to handle res- personal responsibility. We're big on personal responsibility. In fact, I would say that's the cornerstone of our business is making sure people are responsible and held responsible for the bad things they do. So we're, I think this is all in all a decent outcome uh, as best as can be, you know, as can be asked for uh, given what occurred. Uh, and, and obviously thinking of the family for the gentleman that was, that was killed. Uh, very, very tragic. These things um, are always extremely difficult. All right, well, we come back. Let's uh, wrap the show up nice and proper. We've got a couple of, of interesting, more, more interesting stories for you. So stay tuned. Uh, it's the West Right Show with Sam and Ash here on AM840 KXNT. We can't qualify you for the HOV lanes, but we will keep you company all day long with breaking news and the best in talk. Plus, uh, we won't eat in the passenger seat. News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show here on News Talk AMA 40 KXNT with Sam and Ash. Ash with me here in the KXNT studios every weekday starting at 2 p.m. And uh, look, we're having fun. We're talking about issues that uh, matter, I think, uh, here in the Valley that uh, we all need to talk about. Also, giving an attorney perspective to a legal perspective uh, to a lot of current events. So this uh, part of this is a story about COVID money, lots and lots of money being given to everyone, especially to schools as part of you know, recovering from the COVID pandemic. Now, Ash, have you seen this story from the AP? I have, and I, I, it's interesting. So the AP published a story that says COVID aid is actually being used by schools um, for to fund sports, sports programs, athletic facilities. And remember, this funding is part of the American Rescue Plan that was signed into action by, in March by President Biden. And I think there was $123 billion, with a B, as in boy, um, that was infused to help schools reopen and recover from the pandemic. The fascinating thing about this is, look, they're so quick to throw our taxpayer money at these schools to help them reopen, but they put very few limits on how this funding can be spent other than the limitation that it had to be spent within three years. So these schools are across the country are getting this influx of money after the pandemic, and they're told, use it to reopen safely. However you may see fit, we're not going to tell you what we think it should be used for, but you got to do it within three years. And so a lot of these schools are scrambling, trying to figure out what to do with it. And they're looking at their budgets and they're going, wow, this covers our full budget. What do we do with the surplus? And they're looking around and most often in public schools, the dilapidated part of it is the athletic facilities and it creates safety concerns. Also, you know, the pandemic created mental health and physical health issues among students. 
And so a lot of these school boards decided to use it towards academics or athletic facilities, upgrades, redoing tracks, fields. And I think it's okay. I'm okay with it. But now after these boards have passed it and they're doing it, there's a lot of people that are outraged. What do you think, Sam? (laughs) I think the... So I think that the whole thing is a joke, and, it, and the, the issue I have with it is we're spending money we don't have. It's money that's getting printed. It's money that's coming out of all of our, po- our pockets and increased inflation. It's all money that is being spent now, but we're going to pay the piper down the road. And, and, and to me, we know that the government is being foolish and imprudent when these public agencies, whether it's a school or whomever, is scrambling to find ways to spend the funny money that's been thrown at them. So to me, this is a matter of principle that this money is this money just getting helicopter dropped onto school districts, and they're, they're running out. Those administrators are running out there in between calling the FBI, of course, on <laughs> parents who are uh, yelling at them at school board meetings. They're, they're actually raking up this cash, and they got all this cash. They go, what, what do I do with this? How do I, how do I apply it? And, okay, yes, facilities are dilapidated in many school districts. I understand that. Uh, but when you look at school districts – and you look at what is spent per student, there is a shocking, shocking discrepancy between what is – you'd think you know, if you spend more money per student, you end up with better outcomes. Wrong. Totally not true. School districts like Los Angeles County, for example, they spend more money per student than, than, than a lot of way better performing school districts. And Why? Because the money pit of that district all goes to these nonsense administrators and all this no- – uh, you, know, you hear the horror stories of the $2,500 iPads by the time it gets run through whatever organization is, is you know, related to the, you know, to the administration and whatnot. Uh, you know, there's a lot of lost money, a lot of wasteful spending, and unfortunately, in the end, the students always come up short. Yeah, I mean, apparently Congress allocated billions more than the CDC ever estimated was necessary. And so as a result, it basically paved the way for this type of waste and abuse like you're talking about. I mean, whenever you give people money that they don't necessarily come and ask for, they're not giving you a plan of use, like here's the tutoring, the funds we need to help assist with remote tutoring or remote Wi-Fi resources or learning at a distance or disinfecting, et cetera, et cetera. You, you open yourself up to these issues. And I don't know, I think at the end of the day, if you're give, these schools are given the money, they see a need in their, in their facilities, and then they can funnel it down to basically benefit the lower schools, the middle schools. I'm okay with it. I'm totally okay with it. This is a fault in the lawmakers. If you're The lawmakers that are now complaining that this is a wasteful spending and not what was intended, you had every opportunity to spend an extra hour drafting the, the legislation how you intended it. So I, that's how I, I look at this from a lawyer's perspective. And, you know, we, whenever we deal with contracts, they look at it against the drafter. You were in the position to draft the contract exactly how you intended it to mean. And so here right now, the legislators have nothing to complain about. No, of course, if the school districts are complying with all the rules, you know, they're, they're above reproach. I get that. I, I just uh, f- find all this funny money that is being dropped in to be very frustrating uh, because I know it's, it, you know, I mean, it, 
this is this for another conversation, but but money is never free, right? There's no such thing as, as, as money being free. I just saw a great thing today. It was an ad uh, put out by the Biden administration. It didn't have anything Biden about it, but it was a Build Back Better ad. Have you seen any of these? No. Okay, so it was a Build Back Better ad. It said, you know, we're going to build back better. And, Ash, if you make under 400 k a year, Okay, so if you're tell me just, more. Yeah, if you make under right, if you make under four hundred k a year, it won't cost you anything. Tell me that's not uh, true. So to me, this is a problem when we teach more about social justice than we do about economics in our colleges and high schools, because the issue here is that if you make seventy grand a year. In Vegas, that's pretty good money. If you live in San Francisco, it's nothing, okay? Yes, correct. Your taxes won't be going up, but your cost of living, your entire cost of living index is set to skyrocket. If this multi-trillion dollar budget passes and this funny money gets pumped in this economy, it will result in inflation, if not hyperinflation. Meaning, and you're already seeing it now, year over year, cost of bread going up, cost of toothbrushes going up, cost of gas going up, electricity, everything, all commodities are going up in value, in cost, not in value, in cost. And it's a consequence of inflation that comes from this kind of profligate government spending. And so… That is my core problem with this COVID-19 aid is that it, you know, it was well-intentioned maybe at the beginning to create an, an opportunity to get school districts back on their feet you know, because a whole year of not having any kids and whatnot. But this to me is, is just disastrous, and we're all going to pay for it in the end. Build Back Better or whatever it's called, it's no such thing as free. Uh, in fact, by the way, if you make a lot of money, if you make millions of dollars a year, you're less hit by inflation – than if you're poor. So for the for people making under $50,000 a year, mean household income, uh, that is going to be absolutely crippling. So we'll, we'll keep on top of the story as it develops. And Ash, just like that, a whole fun-filled hour of radio already Poof, happening. gone, done. Also, a listener said it was Miss Cleo is the psychic that I was thinking of. Yes, indeed. So thank you. So What's Right Show with Sam and Ash. See you tomorrow.